Welcome in to the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Across from me, as always, Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at WoodonESPN1000. Get all of his picks. Great picks last week. 4-0. 4-0. At FatJackSports.com. Make sure you get those there. We have got a great one for you today. It is Wednesday. We are previewing UFC 295. Madison Square Garden. This should be an absolutely great card, Jordan. At the Mecca. You know, you, I always get excited for these cards that are at MSG. It was not often that they went there, but, you know, they wanted to get John Jones versus Steve Miocic. We are not able to have that fight. John Jones suffers an injury eight months out. We'll see when he is able to return. But nonetheless, quick pivot by the UFC gets an interim heavyweight title fight in the co-headliner. And a very, very interesting fight in the main event for the light heavyweight strap between Yuri Prohaska and Alex Pejea. But first, we have some news. We yeah. should get like a news sounder because it seems like there's a lot of... That's on you, man. A lot of... Here, we'll do this. How about this? Let's see if this of, works. I got a lot of... Fun. That's our news dog. We've got a news, news dog. dog. <laughs> We've got our news dog. We've got our news. It's the only sound bite that was on here because my page just has a bunch of college football stuff on it. So we could do like a... Like, let's see. We've got the college football theme. We could that's use, but great. that's not fun. I like so we'll the do... dog bark. <laughs> so right. that's our news dog. Our news dog has news, news dog. as Dana White uh, announced a bunch of upcoming main events here for the following pay-per-view. So you've got UFC 295 taking place this Saturday. And then starting next year, uh, your main event, UFC middleweight champion Sean Strickland will go against uh, Drakus Duplessis for UFC 297. And then at UFC 298, you're going to get Alexander Volkanovsky taking on Ilya Tupuria. And then at UFC 299, you're going to get Sean O'Malley taking on, in a rematch, Marlon Vera. And, of course, this leads up to a coming announcement, I assume, you know, in the next month or so for UFC 300, which I'm sure is going to be an absolute banger of a, of a pay-per-view. And the rumor is that it's going to be Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor hinted at uh, the Francis Ngannou-Tyson Fury fight that he is submitted into the USADA test or not the USADA testing pool, but the testing pool because it's not USADA anymore, they're not affiliated, but um, he'll be available to fight in April so in all likelihood we think UFC 300 will be uh, involving Conor McGregor but some quick hitters on those three main events that you just announced for UFC 297, DDP, Dragos Duplessis gets the title fight that he earned with his victory over Robert Whitaker earlier on in the, the year um, first off, Hamza Chemaev He's not one of the two guys fighting for the championship. Nope. So in the title eliminator fight against Kamara Usman, there goes, once again, another example. These rankings being shit. The promises being shit. Uh, and Hamza Chemaev doesn't get the title shot. Where's but here guy? it is. Where's but, that guy? Here's, Where's here, Bilal? Bilal in middleweight division? No, I'm not. He's going to fight? Okay. Here. I mean, if he can get the title shot, fine. Um, here's the thing. Uh, right now, Sean Strickland is a betting underdog. Mm-hmm. I would suggest you hammer that right now. It's a Ooh. good matchup for him. Uh, he's not going to be, I think, threatened by the DDP stand-up. Uh, cardio, outwork him, so get Sean Strickland. Secondly, Alexander Volkanovsky, not fighting in January, fighting in February. The issue with that fight's going to be, is it too quick of a turnaround for the short-notice fight that he took against Islam Makachev, the head-kick knockout that he suffered against Islam Makachev? Here's what I'll say. I believe that Alexander Volkanovsky is still one of the best pound-for-pound fighters we have on the planet, and this is the lowest price that he's ever been. Dollar 40 favorite right now against Ilya Tapuria, who's a great fighter. It's going to threaten Alexander Volkanovsky in a lot of different ways, but I think... Jump at that fight, too. So it's not often 
that I say you got to jump it at odds when fights are released. I usually like to wait till the week of the fights, the mm-hmm. day of the fights to make my play. But those two particular instances, Sean Strickland at plus money, and then Alexander Volkanovsky at the short price that he's at, I think you should jump on both of those. And then, look, we're a part of the Sugar Show. It's a showcase fight for Sugar Sean O'Malley. Certainly Marlon Vera deserves it. He's the one guy that has a victory over Sean O'Malley in his mixed martial arts career. Uh, there's other guys you could argue that, that should be fighting for the Bantamweight Championship. But Marlon Vera is certainly going to pose a threat, but I believe Sean O'Malley will have learned from his first mistakes with Marlon Vera. Should be the rightful winner, rightful favorite in that fight. I, I flipped on, on on O'Malley. I you like know, I like him now. You like him now? I like him now. I don't mind. I don't mind now that he's backed it up, and now that he's a champion. All right, credit where credit's due. Like you talk a lot of shit. Like you're that guy with the hair and all that kind of stuff, and like you're out there in the personality. I like it. I don't mind it anymore because he's backed it up before when we first started this podcast, and he was you know talking all the shit and he had the hair and everything. Like he hadn't he hadn't really beaten a bunch of people yet. Now we've been doing this for a few years now. Like, he's got a victory over Peter Yan. He's got he yeah. knocked out Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, like, I mean, okay. I, 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 right. just, I just I like hated, him now. I just hated the fact that like he didn't admit to like losing to, to yes. Marlon Vera. That That's really true. pissed me off because look, I mean, it was it was uh, okay, a well, bad a bad be, look now he gets for him. To now he gets, beat him. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he he dyed the Peruvian flag into his hair and then lost the fight. That's even worse. Yeah, it no is. one brings up that. But yeah, Sean Strickland should be the favorite, and I expect him to roll uh, pretty easily in that fight against Marlon Vera. All right, let's get UFC 295 kicked off here. Madison Square Garden, Saturday night. Our first fight on this card, Matt Frivola against Benoit Saint-Denis. I like that name. That's a great name. You remember, he's, he's the, uh, the Army Ranger. Yes. Right? Aren't these guys both former uh, Army is men? Frivola? I believe he is. In my, in, my, in my preview, my research, I believe these are both uh, former Army Personnel. Yes, he attended, he attended the Reserve Officers Training Corps at the University of Tampa. He was a lieutenant in the United States Army Reserve. So, All right, so there yeah, you go. Amarola, Frivola. You know, since he got knocked out by seven seconds by Terrence McKinney. He's had three straight first-round stoppages, yeah, man. Look, He's out there. He is out there. He is also from New York. He is going to be amped up and animated to fight against uh, Benny. Yeah, uh, Benoit. he's plus 185, though. Plus 185. <laughs> yeah, look, it's going to be a difficult fight because St. Denis, obviously, very well-rounded. Guys, that that surging as well has looked very good in his his last two appearances. I think offers a little bit more. I think well roundedness in the fight. I think Frivola certainly is going to look to stand and trade and bang, maybe get some wrestling in there. But I think Benoit Saint Denis is on another level. I think that he should be ranked in the top fifteen. I think these guys are going to replace spots within the fight uh, within the ranking system. I think Frivola right now at fourteen. But the one thing I will say that that carries favor for me, not only with him being a New Yorker fighting in front of, uh, of his hometown fans. Uh, I love the camp that he comes from. And even though, you know, now Sarah Longo, you know, took it on the chin, no pun intended there, with the loss <laughs> of Aljamain Sterling to uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, uh, they'll have Frivola ready, but I think it might be a little bit too much. St. Denis is going to have a size advantage as well. Uh, so straight up on the money line, probably into a parlay, right. maybe a little bit of a two dollar, you know, two dollar risk. Yeah, minus two forty five right now. But th- yeah. we're getting a finish, right? Like both these guys, if you look at Frivola, you know, like we mentioned, three first round stoppages in his last three fights. Uh, Saint Denis is four zero with four finishes since he's gone to uh, lightweight. So like, come on, like we're getting a finish. Yeah, I fight. mean, look, all his victories are, have come via finish. Twelve wins, all via finish. Frivola, obviously, a, a little bit of a surge as well. Obviously, also susceptible to the knockout. Out, as we saw in the Terrence McKinney fight. So I, I think Benoit Saint-Denis is going to win. He 
put them in the parlay. And then, yeah, I think the under a two and a half is a smart play as well. All right. We're looking at method of victory here. That's what uh, the experts think. St. Denis by knockout is plus 180. St. Denis by submission is th- uh, plus 300. Frivola by knockout is plus 390. And then uh, Denny by points is plus 550. Frivola by points is plus 650. I mean, look, the risk that you have is that Frivola has never been submitted in his UFC in her mixed martial arts career. But I think St. Denis is going to want to probably get looked at to, to get the victory that way, hurt Frivola, and then snatch up an arm, snatch up the neck, and get the tap or, or, or just choke him out. But I think trying to sprinkle a little bit of value on that, not worth it for me with St. Denis. So I think just straight up into a parlay, and then you add the uh, under a two and a half. Someone's getting finished in that fight. All right, our next fight, Jessica Andrade is plus 165 against Mackenzie Dern, who is minus 210, two fighters that uh, we've talked about a lot this year, uh, so much so that this is Andrade's fifth appearance of the year. Uh, but she's coming in on a three-fight skid, and uh, Dern comes in, Mackenzie Dern comes in minus 210 off a unanimous decision win over Angela Hill in May that we talked about, but uh, she's gone 2-2 two and two over her last four outings. So this is kind of like, you know, two women here that, you know, one's on a three-fight losing streak, one's 2-2 two and two in her last four. They're kind of just there at this point. This seems like a separator fight right here for these two. Well, I think it's a fight that, that there's a clear advantage to, to one of these fighters, and that's Mackenzie Dern on the ground. She's a wizard when it comes to that. She's, she's well-versed in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu game. She was an Olympic medalist, uh, uh, you know, Pan Am games and whatnot. So she's, uh, sh- she knows what she's doing if this fight gets to the ground. And I think she's smart enough and recognizes that, look, Andrade is going to have the power advantage uh, in the striking department. So she's going to want to avoid being on the feet for as ever long as possible with Jessica Andrade. And look, I love Jessica Andrade because, you know, she always comes in for a fight. She always looks to either get finished or, or get a finish. She's a former champion. She's fought the who's who of women's mixed martial arts. I mean, she's floated multiple weight classes to accomplish what she has. But the issue that she's coming to lately is fighters being able to take her to the ground and get the submissions. You know, she's a smaller, compact fighter, but really has struggled when there's been the phone booth fight and the fight that then the phone booth becomes getting the fight to the ground. And I think that's what Mackenzie Dern is going to eventually do at some point in this fight and win it. I don't like the value straight up on it because, look, Mackenzie Dern certainly could get tagged, get frustrated a little bit with trying to go for takedowns if Jessica Andrade is landing her power. So the value that I'm going to – well, first off, you could probably put Mackenzie Dern into our parlay with St. Denis because I do believe that she wins the fight. But I want value on this uh, particular particular pick, so I'm going to take her via via submission. Plus 140 right now. I think, look, that's how Mackenzie Dern wins fights. I think a lot of these fighters, too, are going to feel – Kind of what we talked about with the Brazilian fighters last week uh, in Sao Paulo. They're going to feel the energy of the crowd. They're going to mm-hmm. understand it. It's the big stage. It's the bright lights. It's MSG. It's the Mecca. They're going to want to entertain the crowds. They're going to want to get some finishes. We've certainly seen some historic fights in the past when the UFC has ventured into New York. So I think Mackenzie Dern hunting for that submission, and she's going to get it at some point over three rounds. So at that plus 140 price, I like it. All right, so Dern by submission. Again, we're not going to look at the other ones, but Dern by points plus 390. Andrade by points. Uh, Andrade by knockout. Dern by knockout, no. 
And uh, Andrade by submission, eighteen to one. If yeah, gonna, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think that she's so submitting we'll just, to Brazilian uh, Jiu-Jitsu. Stuff uh, it into belt. the parlay and call it a day with the extra value. Uh, like you mentioned, our next fight here: Diego Lopez against Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini minus one thirty. Diego Lopez plus one hundred. Even money there for him. Diego Lopez has been all over the place. Uh, he he's coaching Alexa Grasso in her upset win over Valentina Shevchenko. Um, at, at Noche UFC, remember that. And then he's also had a few uh, wins there um, in jumping into a, uh, a triangle choke into an arm bar and, and after 98 seconds, right, against Gavin Tucker. That happened for him uh, later, <laughs> earlier. I don't know. I'm just reading this stuff here, man. Uh, Sabatini comes in. Uh, happy birthday to uh, Pat Sabatini. How about that? Is it's that a, today? No, uh, it's two days before the fight, so that would be tomorrow. Tomorrow. Happy birthday okay. tomorrow. Five and one inside the octagon. Uh, this one should be a great fight, especially given the odds. One yeah, of the shortest it, odds, odds of the night. Yeah, very, very, very good matchup. Good job by the matchmakers putting these two fighters together, and especially from the skill set as well. You know, Diego, Diego Lopez, what he knows is fighting off of his back. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, very comfortable there, hunting for those submissions. Pat Sabatini, top game. Russell wants to get this fight to the ground. Uh, so my worry, if you're going in either direction, is falling into that trap. Or look, if you like Diego Lopez, you're like, all right, he's going to submit him. Well, Pat Sabatini's comfortable on top. But if you like Sabatini, you know, you're saying Diego Lopez is, is comfortable off his back. That's a little bit of an issue. So where I'm going is in the stand-up game. And I believe Diego Lopez has more well-roundedness, more power, and, and more versatility on the feet that's going to cause some issues for Pat Sabatini. So my hope is, unlike what we were just talking about with Mackenzie Dern, Mackenzie Dern, like, do what you do best. Mm-hmm. Submit people. Mm-hmm. Diego Lopez, don't, don't do what you do best and submit people. <laughs> Look to win the fight where you have an advantage, where you've been evolving as a striker, showcasing that versatility, showcasing some power. And Pat Sabatini has been a guy that has been knocked up before against not a well-versed striker in Damon Jackson, I, I, I actually a similar guy, a similar guy that's comfortable off his back with submission. So that's where I see the advantage of the fight. I like the fact I, I, I fired off on it already. It's another, it's another fight that I already played a, made a play on. Diego Lopez is plus money. It was at plus 100 one day ago on FanDuel. If you could find it, great. If you still get it at $1.10, $1.05, I'm good with that. But if not, you probably got to wait until he goes back to plus money because I think there's risk if he becomes the favorite and you're going on that side. So he's minus 104 right now, minus 105 on FanDuel. So that's close to, about as close as even money as you're going to get. Uh, Sabatini by points, plus 270, 270, Sabatini by submission. So you think Lopez wins the fight. So Lopez by knockout is plus 460. Lopez by points is plus 500. There might be a little bit of that plus 460 by, on the knockout mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but, but I at think good odds, I'll just take the win straight up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's why, yeah, why you got to put it uh, you know, fuel to the fire. I think this is a fight Diego Lopez should win. This is a fight. He's the younger fighter. He's on the come up. They identified him on Dana White Contender Series. It's just you can't fall into those lulls. You can't fall into that situation where maybe you're fighting off your back and then you're losing the fight card in the judges' minds. Sabatini is racking up points. So avoid that. Have this fight. Contest on the feet where it starts and get the win. All right, our next fight, 
is a weird one because it's for an interim UFC heavyweight title because we all know that John Jones is the UFC heavyweight title holder, but he is hurt and might be out for up to a year. So you're going to have an interim title fight between Sergey Pavlovich and Tom Aspinall. Tom Aspinall right now is minus 120, and Sergey Pavlovich is minus 105. So this is almost as close to a pick as you could be. Pavlovich, uh, in his last five years, six victories, six ver- first-round finishes, four of them coming uh, in the last 13 months from March 2022 until now. Aspinall has been fighting a lot. We talk about at Tom Aspinall a lot. Um, and so you look at this fight. It's a title fight, but kind of not really a title fight, but it is a title fight. How do you like this one? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, look, it is a title fight. They're both the interim. They're fighting for the interim heavyweight strap. In all likelihood, their next fight will also be for the interim heavyweight strap. <laughs> I, don't, I don't foresee, you know, them... Either one of these guys, you know, fighting John Jones, you know, anytime soon. They want to book the John Jones Stephen Miocic fight or, you know, something else. And it is a very interesting fight for several reasons. One, it is now the second fight that Tom Aspinall has after he tore his ACL, was out for the year. I mean, this is a guy that was identified very early on in his career, just like Stephen Miocic, as potentially a former heavyweight champion. The skill set, the combination, not like Stipe with the boxing and the wrestling. Aspinall's got the boxing and the uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And he was on the come-up. He was on the rise. We talked about those Paddy Pimblett, you know, England fights. Mm-hmm. This guy was the headliner. This yeah. guy was the guy that the fight cards were built around. And then, look, suffered a horrific injury against Curtis Blades, put him out a year, but then he, he came back. And a very impressive first-round victory, first-round finish of Marcin Tabora. You worry about this fight for Tom Aspinall because he's taking the fight on short notice. He was not preparing for a five-round fight, for a title fight, and certainly I'm not you know, suggesting that he was not in the gym. Like, this is a guy, this is his career path, and he knows opportunities certainly do come up. But he was not preparing for a title fight. Sergey Pavlovich was. Sergey Pavlovich was entered as the replacement fighter yeah. for Stipe Miocic or John Jones if an injury happened. So he was in camp, not preparing for Tom Aspinall. He was, pre- he was potentially preparing for John Jones or Stipe Miocic. So he was in camp getting ready for if he got the call. Sergey Pavlovich has been killing people left and right and since his UFC debut, which is a worrisome. You, you do have to worry about, look, he made his UFC debut against Alistair Overeem. That's a big ask to go in against uh, mm-hmm. a future Hall of Famer, Alistair Overeem. And he lost. He got taken down, was overwhelmed by the spotlight of the UFC, and got finished. But since then, he has just been walking through people Left and right, his most uh, recent victory, very impressive against Curtis Blades. Another first-round finish. I watched that fight last night, and I'm a little bit worried about being on the Sergey Pavlovich side hmm. because that guy's defense a little bit leaky. Okay, he, take, he took some shots against Curtis Blades, who is not mm-hmm. who is not a great striker. Now maybe it was because Pavlovich, his hands were down because he was worried about the takedowns mm-hmm. of, of Curtis Blades. I'm not going to ignore that. So. Long story short, I think there's obviously risk on both sides. It's a heavyweight fight. It's a short-notice fight, title fight. I'm on Pavlovich's side. All right. I'm on Pavlovich's side. And, and, it's, and it's, it's weird because, like, the storyline of Aspinall being on short notice and Pavlovich preparing is, like, you get worried overall, just in sports betting in general, like when a storyline becomes, like, the storyline. Yeah. And then everybody knows about the storyline. Mm-hmm. So that's the storyline. 
but I'm still buying it because it is a very important factor when you are handicapping a fight that Pavlovich was preparing for a fight. Now, I'm not suggesting this fight's going to go five rounds. I would be shocked if it got to the third. Yeah. Like, I mean, these guys are killers, and these guys hit extremely hard. But I think Pavlovich, who has never showcased his wrestling before, he's got it in his back pocket, and we always talk about it, and I'm still a little bit concerned about Aspinall and his ability to still have that explosiveness he had prior to the injury. So I like Sergey Pavlovich to win the fight. All right, our method of victory here, Pavlovich by knockout plus 125, Aspinall by knockout plus 220. And then uh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> There's no submissions. Like it's like twelve to one, thirteen to one, fifteen to one. It's crazy. Yeah, it's. It, I don't. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Aspinall is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Aspinall by submission is plus three eighty. Okay, so there there is a little bit of that. He hasn't really never. He's really never needed it. He did submit Andre Orlovsky in a kind of a weird scarf hold choke that Orlovsky kind of fell into. But uh, I, I think just be safe. Sit back, enjoy, pick your winner, and yeah. then money line it. And Fine I just think, and I look, I just think at plus money, where you can still, I think, find some books that have it, mm-hmm. Pavlovich at plus money. All right. Our main event, Yuri Prohaska against Alex Pereira. Alex Pereira is minus 130. Yuri Prohaska is even money at plus 100. Prohaska is 3-0 and inside the octagon. 13-fight winning streak. 12 finishes in that 13, uh, those 13 wins. Um, and then he, he, you know, he hurt his shoulder, so he had to relinquish the belt last summer uh, before or after he won the title. He had to relinquish the belt after hurting his shoulder before that fight. And then you've got Pereira, who had a split decision over former champ Jan Blachowicz, uh, setting up this fight with Yuri Prohaska. So how do you see this main event for UFC 295 in Madison Square Garden? Another very interesting fight to handicap. Yuri Prohaska came into the UFC with a lot of notoriety. He was outstanding uh, as a, a champion in Ryzen, which is a respectable organization that uh, is in Asia and in Japan. And, and he looked very impressive in his three victories uh, when he made his UFC debut. I mean, Vulcan Ozdemir. First fight in the UFC, former title challenger in Volkan Ozdemir and knocked him out. Then he fought Dominic Reyes, uh, you know, spinning back elbow, great knockout. Won that fight. Reyes, a guy that was, you know, fighting for the championship. And then Glover Teixeira, one of the best fights we've ever seen, uh, you know, in that five-round war mm-hmm. against Glover Teixeira. What is Yuri Prohaska going to look like, you know, a, a, about a year, over a year removed from, from being inside the, the octagon? That's A, you certainly have to handicap that. B, as talented as he is, Yuri Prohaska is a guy that uh, his defense is not leaky, like I was just explaining with Sergey Pavlovich, but his movement is very hands-down, letting you throw some punches, hit him to be hit. Uh, we've seen him get knocked out. I saw him get knocked out. Go watch the, his first fight against uh, King Mo back uh, you know, several years ago, but he did get knocked out. You can't leave your hands down against a guy in Alex Pereira. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot. Alex Pereira is a sniper. Alex Pereira is one of the most lethal left hands we've ever seen, and we saw him and the power that he can carry four or five rounds. He knocked out Israel Adesanya in the fifth round of a fight that he was on his way to losing. Alex Pereira also the protege of Glover Teixeira. So Alex Pereira... I'm not necessarily suggesting that he's Rocky with Ivan Drago's picture, uh, you know, in the mirror and stuff like that. <laughs> but, like, Alex Pereira has been in and around Yuri Prohaska for quite some time as yeah. Glover was preparing for that fight and training for, for that fight. Alex Pereira looked okay in his light heavyweight fight, but he's still an enormous man. 
uh, doesn't have to worry about that weight cut, and we know that he could go hard for five rounds. Does does Yuri Prohaska have some wrestling in him that, that, that we don't know about? I don't think so. So this the fight's going to say no. Yeah, the, this fight's going to be contested on the feet. Uh, so for all that, uh, you know, and just just again, the concern I have about the the, the layoff for Prohaska and his defense, I worry that Pereira is going to land something early mm-hmm. and just completely end or change the direction of this fight. So Pereira on the money line and the under at one and a half. Is, All right. is where I'm going. So Pereira on the money line is minus 130 right now. Pereira by knockout is plus 125. Prohatska by knockout is plus 195. Prohatska by points, which you think it's going to go under, so no, at 7-1. to one. And then Pereira by points, again, under at plus 750. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're on Yuri's side, maybe you like the knockout. You get that at plus money, um, or, you know, because... Look, what what's the risk of having, if you like Yuri at what plus one hundred or plus one ten to go five rounds and win a decision? Yeah, I mean it's just I don't I don't see that happening. This fight should be bonkers. Both the co-main event and main event should be great. Yeah, this I mean, is a great card. This great. is an absolutely great card. So our picks right now: Alex Pereira minus one thirty, uh, Pavlovich minus one hundred five. Diego Lopez minus 105, Mackenzie Dern via submission at plus 140, and Frivola and St. Denis under two and a half. We have two fights in our parlay right now. Anything in the prelims that we should put into there to make it a little more juicy? Looking. 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 Right now we've got two fights and it's plus 106. You need one more, maybe one maybe, more. Maybe, maybe a Jared Gordon. I see. I don't like. I see. Here's the thing. Like Jared Gordon, like the guy's been taken down before. He's going up against an Olympic gold medalist. You're hoping that Jared Gordon's cardio holds up and Marco Madsen fades. The problem is that Jared Gordon and Mark Madsen is a fight night headliner fight. But in this, in this, is just a prelim. Give me uh, Jamal Emmers. Jamal Emmers. He's minus two eighty. That'll buff beef it up a little. Jamal Emmers minus two eighty. That gives that's the first fight of the night. It looks like in these prelims, uh, and that'll give us plus one seventy nine. So Emmers, Mackenzie Dern, and Saint Denis all to win straight up. That is three fights at plus one eighty. That's not bad at all. Okay, that's take, good. That's good. Take it. What fight are you looking forward to the most? I am probably looking forward to. Um, the first fight on the main card, just because I think it's going to be good with two guys that just finish each other. Like I think that's going to be a good that's going to be a good fight. And then I think I'm looking more forward to the heavyweight fight than the main event, like the 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 interim title fight than the main event. I think that's one for me. And then Prohaska Pereira is two, and then the start of the card is three. Pereira has a chance to make history, become uh, the the first fighter in the shortest amount of time to win a belt in two weight classes. That's crazy. Yeah. I That's think it'll. Crazy. I think it's like six fights for him, and eight is the record by Conor McGregor. Wow, I believe. And maybe we'll be seeing Conor next year sometime. Well, he's supposed to headline UFC 300 or be a part of it. I hope it's not the headlining bout because it's not going to be a title fight. Yeah, you know, he's supposed to fight Michael Chandler. We, yeah. so, but I don't know what other fights they're going to put on there. I don't know. I don't know the, what what other title fights that are available for them to, to to put on there. And we're. That'll probably be in January, April. Because it won't be, can't do lightweight. Mm-mm. We've already said that. Mm-mm. Middleweight, we know. Welterweight, mm-hmm. we know. Mm-hmm. Bantamweight, we know. Mm-hmm. Flyweight's next month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then light heavyweight, heavyweight. It might be. That's it. Like, it might be the headliner. They'll probably do some, like, they'll make up a belt. <laughs> like a BMF? Yeah, another they'll make, BM, up, they'll make up a belt. belt. Yeah, and shout out to, uh, you know, Dana White for giving us some news. <laughs> and apologize, I didn't say any of the women, but I don't, I don't even I know the champions. <laughs> 
No one at the weight class right now. That's Jordan Sherwood. You can tweet at him at ESPN1000. Get all of his uh, picks at fatjacksports.com. Jack is hot. College football season, and Jack is on absolute fire right now in college basketball. Also, you got college football, the NFL, everything. And, of course, Jordan's picks right there for you at fatjacksports.com. You can hear Jack with us actually tonight uh, on Wednesday because the Bears play on Thursday night. So we've got that as we're the home of the Bears, ESPN Chicago. So check out Jack tonight if you're listening. If not, catch it on the Black and Abdallah podcast. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah, and we will be back next week for another episode of the Unnamed MMA podcast. Thanks for listening.